Please welcome to the Josie Show, Will Van Winkle and the Six Pins. Also joining Butch Bella, the drummer. Hello! <laughs> Hello, how are you guys doing today? Doing amazing. Thank you both so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having us. The pleasure's all mine. So I want to kind of go back for just a second. Can you tell us how making music all started for the two of you? When did you all realize that, you know what, hey, let's let's do this thing? Well, for me, uh probably started back when I was like three years old. Um, mm-hmm. And I was at my grandfather's house up in Iowa. Uh, I'm, I'm from Houston, so we, we were uh, in transition. I was born in Florida. We moved up to Iowa and then went down to Texas. Okay. Staying with my grandfather, and he played played guitar, keyboards, banjo, fiddle, all that stuff. And he'd be out on the porch playing guitar, and I'd grab the fiddle because it was my size because I was about three. Right. And I would just kind of act like I was playing along with him, just make a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of stuck with me ever since. Wow. I, I guess uh, mine started uh, not quite that early. I was probably nine or ten years old, got my first mm-hmm. drum set, wanted to learn to play drums. And that was back in, I don't want to tell you how long ago, but back when... Mm-hmm. You, you, you kind of learned to play my sister's albums that went back when they had vinyl albums. Pick up the needle and listen, and you'd try to play along with it, and you'd back it up and so forth. And then I got to where I had, you know, I, I'd gotten to where I was playing. And 15 years old, I was playing in clubs. Oh, wow. And they, they would always say, okay, the drummer looks awful young. He can't drink. Now, this, I grew up in Louisiana. Uh-huh. And even... Yeah, that, if I was probably 16, they would have said, okay, but at 15, they said, <laughs> and so I'd always be the young kid, uh-huh. and so I kind of I grew up in it like that. That's incredible. So both of you really did start out young. Y'all were, you know, you guys in your teens, younger. I mean, so this has always been kind of in your blood from the get-go. So who were some of the musicians that inspired the two of you, though? Who did y'all listen to? For me, it was a it was a pretty wide mix. I mean, uh, when I was younger, my mom listened to country music, so you know, mm-hmm. Mac Davis and Larry Gatlin and Barbara Mandrell and all those people. And then in my teens, my sister discovered metal, and I would steal her records. And uh, I hope she's not listening because she might be <laughs> for that. Uh, <laughs> she never knew what happened to. But yeah, she was listening to stuff like Judas Priest and Metallica and yeah. stuff like that, and Rat, and um, kind of evolved together for me and um you know then when i was in my late teens early 20s i got into a lot of blues and and grateful dead and stuff like that gotcha. so everything kind of stuck with me yeah that's kind of why i'm in americana rather than country or rock or alternatives because i have so many influences from when i was young that they just kind of all jumbled together and i really whatever comes out comes out with me mine is is, is probably pretty similar i grew up listening to what my parents listened to when mm-hmm. we get in the car and it was merle haggard or or Johnny Cash or things like that, like most kids grew up listening to. But as a as a young teen, I can remember really getting into Willie Nelson, some of the outlaw country, things like that, Hank Jr., you know, Waylon, that sort of thing. But now th- I'm a child of the 80s. I, I'm 56 years old. So, so at that time, it was not uncommon. If you, if you go back and look at the charts for the Oak Ridge Boys to be number five on the chart, and Prince be number four on the chart that week. So there was a great, when I was really being influenced by music, there was a great thing happening where a lot of bounds had been broken. And I think Mm -hmm. all of those influences from, like he said, the Gatlin brothers had some great stuff out at that time. And so I would would listen to that. And then the next thing I turn around and listen to Bob Seger, or Mm -hmm. he said Rat, or... The biggest thing for me, I was, I'm was i a huge Journey fan and still am to this day. So that they've had a lot of influence on the type of music that I like. But it's my, my musical tastes are so varied. Right. Um, I listen to everything. 
I, I even listen to some things like Yanni, you know, just mm-hmm. to chill out with. So. Yes. Oh, for sure. I love that. I love I love that you all like a variety of music. Y'all don't just stick with just one genre. And, you know, how did your band come together? When did you, you know, meet? How did you guys meet? You know, when did you realize that, you know, hey, let's let's start a band? <laughs> well, it was a dark and stormy night. Right, right. <laughs> let's go from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, actually, it was about, I guess, six years ago that I uh, okay. started putting the band together. I was doing a lot of solo stuff, and you know, I did some stuff with, like, an ex-girlfriend and all that. So my name has been in projects for a long time, which is the only reason right. my name is in the project, because I don't want to start from zero. Right. You know, you have a little bit of momentum. You want to keep that momentum going. So I kept my yeah. name in the project. Mm-hmm. Uh, started off with a guitar player joining us uh, by the name of John Bowman. He's now left, gone up to uh, Ohio now. Um, and then we found former drummer Jim Zimmeroff. He's in Illinois now, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Uh, even though Butch is, you know, yeah. fits in perfectly. Not, not that I yes. that personally. Um, <laughs> And then we were having trouble finding a bass player. And we had a lot of people set up to try out that didn't show up. So then I had one more guy set up, and that's Alan Atkinson, our current bass player. And I was so confident that he would not show up that I brought my bass to the practice. Mm -hmm. The fact fact that he stepped foot in the door and he learned some of the material that I sent him over. And like, hey, this is some of the stuff we're doing. Play around with it, see what you can do. I didn't really expect him to know it. But he, he came in, he knew it, and uh, he, he's been with us for five years now. He's the original bass player from the first time that we played live. Then we went through three more drummers before I finally found Butch here. Who, yes. You know, he's a great marketing guy. He actually wrote the book Sales Management, Sales Marketing? Sales Management. Sales Management for mm-hmm. Dummies. So, you know, he, wow. he knows what he's doing with that. And uh, he's been helping us with booking and a, a lot, taking on a huge role with that. And so he, he was a great fit for the band and then now we've got we've been through three more guitar players and we found uh zach mears who came to us from comanche oklahoma and this talent amazing guitar player 22 mm-hmm. years old playing with a bunch of old guys old enough to be his dad <laughs> and he fits in so well musically yeah. that, that's all that matters know, yeah yeah prodigy. and i'll tell you wow. a side note on how i came in will had an or an ad in one of the local nashville things looking for a drummer Mm -hmm. and i decided you know what i think i'm I'm ready to get back into a band and so i kind of looked them up on spotify and Uh told my wife i said man listen to this and we were listening to uh, a couple songs invader uh one shot of tequila and it got to the point josie where i was literally out like mowing my my lawn listening to will van winkle on my spotify (laughs) on my headphones and when I reached out to Will, he said, I, we just filled that position, but I'll save your name. And this is probably that summer. Sometime around December 1st, I get a Facebook message, and he said, here we go again. If you're if you're still interested, we're looking for a drummer. Well, mm-hmm. I was just like over the moon because I had still been listening to his stuff for probably six months and knew it. And so we set it up for an audition at my house, and I think it kind of surprised him that I knew so much of the catalog. I mean, I was mm-hmm. just calling out, okay well let's do this song and i said okay well let's do that one. and it was just because i was i was really into the music and, and kind of a fan before i i, I started playing the drums for them that's the best thing, I think. I mean, when you come in prepared and you already know, like, you know, some of the material, I think that helps you get right in. And I'm just saying, Butch was a good choice. <laughs> if I do say so myself. Very well. Yes. He's, he's been with us uh, a year in December. Yeah. So he's worked nice. out very well. We've done, 
I've lost count on how many gigs we've done this year. And yeah. I mean, completely do it yourself. And during a weird pandemic year, we mm-hmm. actually pulled in a lot, uh, a lot of gigs and a lot of revenue that we were able to, you know, hire PR and finish off the uh, new EP and all that. And that's all mm-hmm. because of his, his sales techniques. And that, that's got us a lot of gigs. That's wonderful. I love it. Teamwork makes the dream work. And that's what y'all <laughs> prove. And, you know, let's talk about that newly released EP. And I'm going to ask you to say the title so I do not mess it up. (laughs) (laughs) It is the uh, Diedrich Knickerbocker Diaries, Volume 1. I don't know if there will ever be a Volume 2, but it sounded better to have a volume number after it to me. For sure. So (laughs) so I put the Volume 1 on there. And it is actually the title of the the EP is taken Mm -hmm. from the story of Rip Van Winkle by um, Washington Irving. Basically, if you start reading Rip Van Winkle, Van Winkle is actually my last name, it's not a stage name. Right, um, right. It, it basically starts off about somebody accounting his reading the Diedrich Knickerbocker papers, who is actually the one who accounted for the story of Rip Van Winkle. Hmm. So they're trying to make it sound like it was a true story written by a guy who's now deceased, and they found it in his papers, and they weren't sure whether or not to release it. And, and so I kind of like that idea. Yeah. And I just changed it a little bit to diaries instead of papers because it sounded better yeah it does it's more it has more of a ring to it for sure that's awesome i love that and and i hope there is going to be a volume two i'm just putting that out there i do hope that there is volume two and i think a lot of people are going to love this ep and this this ep is available it'll be available everywhere for streaming and download correct it is available now. They actually uh, sent it off to the distributor in October, expecting it to be de- released at the end of October, and they released it two weeks early. Nice. And so it is on all major streaming platforms right now, available for digital download on Amazon. Uh, if you're looking for it and you want to look up by my name, Will has one L, so it's Will Van Winkle and Six Pens with one L. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can look up the Diedrich Knickerbocker Diaries, and you know you'll be able to find it. Nice. Check it out, everyone. Please do. And, you know, we are going to play one of the songs of y'all's. Um, we're going to play Colored Pictures. So can All you? Right. Yes, I'm excited. I love that song. Yes, tell us about it. Tell us a little bit about this song. Well, I'll tell you, my, the, my background with it yes. was Will had it on an old live recording that I found, and it was a totally different uh, structure of the song, but I thought, man, this is a great tune. Right. And when he brought it to us to record, uh, he, he, he sent me and Alan, the bass player, kind of the framework and just kind of a basic of what he wanted. And, and it, it, though it is... Would you say it's drastically different from the original? No. Because the, the original that I heard kind of had some bongos in it. It was a live version and things like that. Right. But it's just, it's to me, it's such a great song. It's such a great story. Uh, and, and I'll say it in front of him. I think Will's a phenomenal songwriter. And mm-hmm. there's little lines in that song that to me are just hooks. Uh, around the world in 80 days, across the street in a week. Now, mm. I don't know what that means, but it just sounds cool <laughs> as heck to me. It's just, it, to me, it's just, that's a catchy little line. And it, it's and catchy. The first time I heard the song, I was hooked. Right. <laughs> so I wrote, I actually wrote the song in uh, Uzbekistan, Tashkent, Uzbekistan. I was living in the, that's the Central Asia region of the former Soviet Union. I was there for about three years. Mm-hmm. I was remembering a trip to New York, the decision to move to the former Soviet Union. To me, it was a split-second decision. I didn't even need to think about it. But then I have to think, you know, for days, what do I want for lunch? Or what do I want, you know? Right. Yeah, like little... So basically, the premise of the song is walking down the road in New York, walking from Central Park to 6th Avenue. I did that walk. It is horrible. I, I don't recommend it. Right. Um, 
it was a lot further than I thought it was going to be. Uh-huh. Uh, and while I was walking there, I was just thinking how I make these huge decisions in split seconds, but these mm-hmm. little bitty decisions I agonize over for days. Like, you know, what should I should I buy this pair of jeans? Do I really need to spend the money on that? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, stuff like that. And yeah. It's, it's, the song's basically about how, how decision-making can be skewed. And for me, like, these huge decisions that people should deliberate on for months at a time, I make in a split second, whereas these stupid little things that I have to think about forever. So I'm kind right. of not like that. Right. Well, I love the concept because it can be relatable for a lot of people. It is relatable for a lot of people. I'm sure you're not the only one. So, you know, I I love those songs that are relatable, but also just so well written, (laughs) honestly. And Colored Pictures is an incredible, incredible song. And we are going to play that here in just a second. But before we do, please give us, you know, websites, social networking sites, all the deets. So you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Will, okay. Van, uh, Will Van Winkle and the Sixpence. It, again, Will has one L, and it's all written as one word. Uh-huh. Uh, if you don't want to type in all those letters, because it is a lot, just type in mm-hmm. vanwinkle.band. Find our, our own webpage, and then there's links to Facebook, Instagram, Spotify, everything that you could want and uh, look for. And I am in the process of revamping it, so every once in a while it goes down for a day or two. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, it'll... You know, just try it again in a day or two and it'll be right there. Perfect. Perfect. I hope everyone checks out the website. Really, I mean, y'all are incredible. Y'all are doing such wonderful things. And I hope everyone checks out Will Van Winkle and the Six Pins. Check out the new released EP and you will love it. Say it again. Say what the EP is titled. So I don't want to miss it. Knickerbocker Diaries, Volume 1. Check it out, everyone. You will not regret it. And thank you both so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Oh, anytime, Yeah.